this was the next journey, mate. It was going through the process of what's the worst that can happen because there always there's fear. So, and that's the thing, you know. There was fear about. Welcome to Ultra Habits. Here we go under the hood with our guests to unpack the minutia and to understand what processes and systems they engage or research that result in ultra enhanced living. Hey guys, it's RJ Singh here from Ultra Habits, and I want to talk about our next guest, Mark Kluwer. What a man he is. The quintessential dynamic Australian bloke, and uh, it was quite the pleasure to have him on. We actually tried to do this interview in person in my offices in Victoria. The technology failed two or three times, and it was late. We decided to do it via Zoom, but Nevertheless, it was a dynamic conversation. So I came across Mark on the back of an ABC article, all these people going up to his farm in regional Victoria to do health and wellness orientated stuff. And he has people out there building stuff. Uh, he got people in ice baths, they're doing exercise, they're doing physical activities and breathing and meditation. And so we really wanted to unpack his story. Now, Mark's journey all started when he decided to go to a Wim Hof retreat and had a massive, massive shift and the rest was history. It's a dynamic story of a man later on in life that has reconnected, connected to himself on an extremely deep level and he's now giving it back to the community. When pack his story, really, really hope you guys enjoy the conversation let us know your feedback. There's all kinds of insights into breathing, the benefits of ice bath, and a combination of all kinds of information that we know you'll find useful. Anyways, guys, take care. Enjoy. So, Mark, it's good to catch up again. We had a, a, a great time in Melbourne, Victoria, where we ate Guzmani Gomez and sat up in my office all night to an ungodly hour before you had to drive two hours home. So I'm glad that you're joining us here on the Ultra Habits podcast. And as you know, I came across your article on the ABC News and it talked about all these people flocking to your farm for some form of wellness and health retreat. And I was drawn to the article. And I was hoping you would tell our guests exactly what you guys are doing on the farm. What's going on out there? What's going on? Well, I'll tell you what, mate. We're connecting. And that's this is the best part about the human connection. We're creating community here, connection. People come up to the country. They get their hands in Mother Earth, mate. Get the dirt under the fingernails. We breathe deeply. We do some breathing, some heavy breathing. We get in the ice bath. Okay. And then we have this beautiful food and we share. And it's about sharing and let people being able to, when they're up here, to be themselves. And that's what, it, what I'm, there's a space up here is, is just for people in nature, because nature's our teacher, mate. We are nature. We are nature. Not that we go to nature. We don't go to a, a place. Or we don't go to nature to visit nature. We are we are nature, and we are here, and that's what we do, mate. And we connect together, have a good time. There's tears, there's laughter, and there's laughter, deep laughter. 
that all that good stuff, mate, that us humans, we need, mate. So that's what we do up here. We, we move, we exercise, all those modalities, mate, okay? We move, we eat good food, we breathe, we laugh, and we connect, and we're community, mate. That's what we do here, mate. Mm. It's an interesting uh, comment you made there that we nature is not separate to us. We are part of it. And I think it's part of the human condition where we tend to see ourselves as separate, almost above. And what what's happened, I think, in the course of humanity is we have looked at our, our, our environment and nature is something that we need to conquer versus mm-hmm. work with because we view it as separate to us. Mm-hmm. Good point. Right? Yes. So let's rewind the tape a bit. Where and how did you get to this place, man? Like where and what was your journey? Well, well in 2016, this is where it all started. In 2016, I cried for five days, mate. And it was a deep, it wasn't that, it wasn't that just you know, just a bit of tears here. I'm talking deep, deep emotional stuff, mate, that went down, right down inside and just, you know, and, and, it, and it reignited me, mate, you know. I had the opportunity in 2016 at the last minute to go to a, uh, a Wim Hof retreat in Melbourne. He's coming to Australia, right? And I was told about this fellow about a month earlier. I hadn't even heard of Wim before then. And uh, a good mate of mine, family friend, uh, said, look, mate, you've got to have a look at this bloke. He rang me up. He said, look at this bloke on YouTube. He's doing this crazy stuff. He's a Dutchman. And firstly, when he said crazy, great, but a Dutchman. My heritage is Dutch. My father's Dutch. My uncle's Dutch, obviously. And straight away, I connected with that. It was a crazy Dutchman. And then I saw what he was doing, obviously, the extreme stuff. And I was, I was drawn to that because I've always trained hard myself, pushed myself you know, um, through life, you know, with just seeing how we go with it, what our bodies can do, you know. And then, so I was really drawn to that. But that's not what I, that's not what I needed, mate. It was the other side that I gained from this. So in 2016, I go down to this retreat. There's 60 other people. And I remember on the first day, we start breathing. And see, I was struggling at that stage. You know, I was training hard. People said, oh, Mark, you know, and working hard um, and see, I didn't know how to meditate, mate. It was like when people say this is what you do, meditation, I was, I was too in the head, mate. I was too in the head. I wasn't connected enough to here, see, to the heart. And so <clears throat> when we started this breathing, all these feelings came up. Time became irrelevant and I just started to to breathe, mate, and feel, you know, and and I, I, then it started to work and I had this emotion stuff coming up. I thought, what the fuck's this? What's this breathing's doing this? I've got to, I can't, I've got to push this down because that's what we're, that's what mass men have done for, for years, mate. They've, they've pushed it down deep, mate, because they think that, you know, masculinity is about stoicness, mate, and not showing your feelings in public, you know. Because, see, I grew up in the outer suburbs of, uh, of, of Melbourne, played footy at the local footy club and, 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 and cricket and, and, uh, and basketball. And, and then I uh, played in the, um, in the AFL, you know, as an under-19 player. And so I'm around this culture, you know, that's, that's 
not conducive to men, showing that they're, that, 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 well, basically, sorry, conducive to men, stoic. Don't show your feelings. You're 40 year weak bastard, Mark. You know, all this kind of stuff, you know, and, and, and then, and then I, I worked as a, an apprentice in, uh, in Melbourne. And I remember the first day on built building site, um, you know, I was an 18 year old and I had 80 plumbers and they, and during that day, they'd come up and say, we're going to initiate, mate, watch, watch out, watch out all this kind of shit. This is not the true rite of passage on how you treat young people, but here I am. So I've got this shield around me, mate. You know, this shield, strong, you know, this is what it's got to be like. You don't show your feelings. You only, there's only one feeling you show. And so here I come all through my life, you know, and I love, I've always loved my kids, you know, and, 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 but I don't think, you know, the emotions still, they're holding back, holding back, holding back. And then I get to this retreat, mate, see? And I just, it just lets go, and 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 it purged. It was so deep, man. And in the end, in that first round, I just let it go, and the tears came up, and I thought, "Well, fuck, I'm just going to let this go, mate." And it was just like this cascade of emotions came up for five days. It was deep, mate, and it, and I thought I dealt with stuff from the past, but no, I hadn't. All I'd done is buried it deep down in the filing cabinet, down deep down inside. And then it just went, you know, and it just ripped through me. It ripped through me, mate. To show your emotions in public is a sign of courage. Not a sign of, it's a sign of strength, not weakness, mate. When you're vulnerable, and this is what I learned, because I remember after the first day, after the breathing session, I thought, fuck, what are my mates? You know, because I had a couple of mates that went there. But most of the 60 people were there. I didn't know. I thought, oh, what are they going to think? They embrace you, mate. People embrace you. When you're vulnerable, this is when we're truly at our best humans. We are truly at our best, mate. And that's when people get around you. They know, like, and it's about being authentic and being real. And the, and people, they, they feel it. They all feel the energy when you're authentic and real. because And that also then gives them the opening that they can be like that. You know what I mean? So so this was so beautiful for me. And, you know, and I remember that, I remember that uh, that five days and I, like every day, and on the fifth day they were saying, oh, fuck you, Mark's crying again, you know. But it was kind of like, but we're all embraced. It was beautiful, you know. And, and I'll tell you what, I got home. I got home and sat at the kitchen table and um, <laughs> my wife was home there and, and um, I'm sitting there and I'll tell you what it was like, mate. Now, I know, I know you've, you've been to the uh, uh, Melbourne, there's a, um, an art, the, um, the Melbourne Art Museum or the gallery, Melbourne Art Gallery. It's on St Kilda Road, mate. There's a, there's a glass wall there and it's got water just running down it. It's a, it's a water wall. That's what my face was like, man. You know what I mean? Just tears, bloody, coming through, you know, filling my face. And um, and she rang up my brother and said, something's happened to Mark. Something's happened. And um, and my brother said, he was my building partner at the time, said, look, he'll be okay. I've been to these things a couple of weeks, a few days. He'll be okay, be fine. Mate, I'm okay. 
I'm I'm right now. So from that that 2016 opened the doors. There was an opening for me. Life had presented something for me because I was really nervous and I kept pushing back. I wanted to go to see Wim. That was really important. But for some reason, deep inside, I knew there was going to be a shift and I went with it. The door opened in my life. I needed that door. And this time I leant in and looked at it. I didn't shut it, leave it for another time because I didn't know what was going on there. I knew that I had to do this. I deeply, it was inside. And as I said, 2016 changed my life, mate. Mark, were you at a rock bottom when you went there? Or did you realize you were fucked after you went there and you were holding back all this stuff? And was your rock bottom, if you had one when you went there, was it physical, emotional, or psychological, or all of the above? Well, well, look, for me... I've always um, looked after myself, tried to train, and, and uh, right. so physically I felt, I felt good. Okay. Um, but I just think for me, I was searching for something, mate. I, was, I felt uninspired. You know, I had a building company for, for uh, 20 years with my brother, and I just, you know, it's a family business. I just struggled for motivation, really. And I was like, because I think what happens when, when the best days of the week are, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Friday night, you got problems, man. You know what I mean? And that's for me, that's what I was doing. Sunday afternoon, off, I've got to go back to work on Monday. And and there was no, you know, I, was, I wasn't inspired anymore, mate. I was just ticking the boxes. And then I realised that my purpose, and it was, there was so much clarity here when I went away for these five days, is that midway through the session, I said to a mate of mine, I want to open a retreat space in nature to provide a space where people can find clarity in nature, right? And that 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 was a, at that point that stuck with me. That that time it stuck with me. And so then I started to think, well, I don't want to be like when I retire. Because I never intended to retire anyway. But the thing is, we retire because society society places pressure on us. In, especially in the Western society, you're at a particular age, you have to retire. That's bullshit, man. Okay, I can tell you, right? Purpose. And for me, it was about the purpose. And I couldn't, I couldn't see myself, you know, f- doing plumbing and building for the rest of my life because we get to an age, and especially my generation, usually when you've, you, you've got a qualification, um, like, like a built, in the building trade, um, plumber, builder, carpenter, whatever, that kind of defines you and you do that your whole life. You don't seem to ch- change and do anything else. And for me, I was ready because I, I, I felt this calling, mate. It was this calling that I needed to do this, right? So I didn't hit rock bottom, no, but I was I was living uninspired, just going through the motions, mate, you know, and this just went fucking whack. And here I am, mate. Right. And we talked a bit about this toxic masculinity that you mentioned. And we had a conversation offline, which I think it's really important to bring online for the audience, just about toxic masculinity, especially on the job site and in the trades. How do you think that impacts our young men? Oh, big time. And but, but let me say this. RJ, 
let's call it toxic human behavior mm. instead of putting a you know um, like toxic masculinity or toxic fem- fem- femininity or whatever it is let's call it toxic human behavior mate i reckon and 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 the thing is it does make a big difference because if you've got fellows that that again that are, you know um that feel like they're trapped and i'm talking about older like my age even older you know and they feel like they're trapped and and they and then and they're unhappy with with life um and they're, they're not all like this. There's plenty of tradesmen I work with that love their job now. Still now. That's what it's about. Do you love it, mate? Do you love do you love what you're doing? You know? And and I think that's what happens. So then they're teaching some of the young, the younger fellas, and all they're doing, the young, the young fellas or young people are then taking on the the, the shit that they're getting taught. Uh, that's what it is, you know, and see what happens. Is it, and, and I feel that what I, what I, my purpose in, in, in all this is, and it is like a building analogy. When boys get to my age, there's a, they've already, they've built this brick wall around them and it's, and it's, you know, bricks and cement, right? And the thing is, it's gone hard, mate. So they need a jackhammer to get it out. And I, I used a jack, I had a jackhammer that, that five days in 2016 and I just bang, 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 and it was gone. But what we can do to these younger fellas is get it while they're starting to build these walls and while the cement's still wet, that we can just, you know, tap them over, kick them over and, and, and get them to feel in that, mate, because, as I said, this is what we need to do. We need to show them that it's okay. We need to show them it's okay. Let's have a talk. It's not a sign of weakness if you're struggling um, with, with issues. Don't just don't, – and don't go and, 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 and suppress it by having a few beers and – um, and because that's another thing, you know, this thing about, you know, um, a sign of uh, a sign of like a true man is how many cans he can drink at the pub, mate, or at, at one night. But this culture, it's just, um, you know, it, it, yeah, it, it concerns me because it, it stunts, it stunts the growth, mate. It stunts, it stunts growth and connection, mate. You know? So 2016, you come home, five days, you're in this vortex of emotion. When the cloud starts to lift, what did the path look like for you? I know you got into Buddhism. I know that you got into uh, developing a relationship with Wim. What and where did your path take you immediately after that? Well, I kept, <clears throat> it was interesting because there was a fear based around the whole thing. See, because what, ha- what I needed to do was I needed to sell our family home of 20, that we built of 25 years, you know, with, with uh, my wife and my kids had grown up, my two daughters who are now adult girls had grown up there. And so this was the next journey, mate. It was going through the process of what's the worst that can happen because they always, there's fear. So I, and that's the thing, you know, there was fear about making the wrong decision. And I had to work through that. You know, and I remember uh, we used to, I used to, every Thursday night, there was a, we had a, like a, a, a an informal men's group, you know, we used to catch up with great young young fellows. And I was actually the eldest there and it was great. The stuff I learned off the young young blokes, mate, and they kept saying, Mark, what's the worst that can happen, mate? You know, um, because me being at 55, of course, you know, um, that was in my head. Obviously, I've got to make the right decision here. 
you know, and um, and we worked. I worked through it. I thought, fuck this. We have to we have to sell the house to, to make this move. To make this move, we've got to sell the house, you know. And so, I um, I just kept, you know, I was doing uh, the breathing techniques, and well, you know, it, it, during the in the morning, starting the day, uh, still training. Um, but it was just working through that mental side to get out of here and more coming from here, be more intuitive, have, you know, um, what's the word called? Whenever it's in line, um, it'll come through to me. It's all in line. What's the word when it all lines up, mate? Um, Coherence. Coherence. I wanted the coherence, you know, and I just worked on that. Just worked on that. But then what I was doing, I, you know, and I went and saw Joe Dispenza, had a weekend with Joe Dispenza, and I was, but, but see, what was strong here, man? I was, one of the big journeys here, I was visualising what was happening. So in 2016, you know, I came back and, and when I was doing the my breathing by myself in the morning or uh, at nighttime, meditating night, you know, I would be visualising what's happening. I'd get this excitement about it. I'd get this excitement about it, RJ, you know what I mean? And then, and then finally, we sold the house. And then there were the steps there, you know, and then to, to move up here. But it was about visualisation of what I wanted this to look like. And there are days when, you know, you get challenged big time, mate, you know. But I tell you, when you're in flow, and I've probably, I don't know if I've answered your question properly here, but I'm, I remember deep in COVID last year when we'd been up here and and no, there's no one coming, obviously. We were lucky being out of Melbourne. And I remember... Think, think, you know, and that comes into my mind. I've done the wrong thing, you know, like about this. No one's here. What have we done? But then when I'd come back to the that knowing, the knowing, and and deep inside that the people that I've met and the people I've connected with and the flow into my life since then, it's been unbelievable, mate. It's just been everyone I've met and this flow that's been happening through this whole process. I come back to that I'm in the right, I'm doing the right thing. I've got to back myself here. And um, and that's what it's been about, mate. It's just been about backing yourself and having a, a such a supportive partner, my wife Julia, who, who, you know. We talked about this before as well. Like when you're making decisions like this, sometimes people will project their fears onto you and it's really important to have a strong grip on your true north and your direction and where and what you're trying to achieve when there's a lot of noise coming at you with different opinions and people's own shit right that's surfacing so you have got this farm and the intention always was to bring people there what's the aspiration for the 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 farm in terms of what you want to do there what's what's your utopia look like mark oh well okay it's a good good question well when we call it a farm i don't have at this stage the only pet i've got here is my dog (laughs) and all these wild kangaroos and and wombats and uh and echidnas so you know in, in relation to being a farm uh, it's not. It's not like you know. It's not. I can't see it being. We're raising cattle, beef. But what we, you know, what, what we want to have is like chickens. I would love a donkey. I'd love a donkey, mate. I bloody love donkeys, man. 
An ass. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah. I love them, mate. Bloody donkeys, mate. I love the, and I love it when the, when they bloody when they go eeyaw, and it sounds like a rusty gate, man. Like it's bloody beautiful. I, I love them. Yeah. Fucking donkeys, mate. <laughs> okay. So, so, but basically, the the utopia is that we we are here, which we are living off grid, totally off grid here. Okay. We'll be, you know, feeding ourselves. We've got vegetable, the vegetable gardens. We'll be feeding ourselves. There'll be some chickens giving us some eggs. And the utopia looks like that people, when they're here, strength, happiness, and health, borrow whims line. That's what we want. We want, I want people here to come here, connect. We have a wood-fired hot tub that we've got here, that, that it, it, especially in the cooler months, it's beautiful, uh, in this open, in the stars. We've got a, uh, I'm building a sweat lodge at the moment out of stone that I've collected from the property. It's just about people coming here. And when you walk through the gate, there's just, there's peace. There's peace and happiness, mate. And, and, and there's, and there's going to be sweat. There's going to be sweat. There's going to be tears, laughter, all those things rolled into one. There's going to be, you know, cook, just good fireside discussion, mate. Fireside discussion, you know, and 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 probably, and, and I'll tell you what. When you ask me that, that's one thing I need to, and this is one thing for me that I, that that I'm trying, still I'm still grappling with. Is that see, all my life, my working life, I've on been on the finite path. I sign a contract with the client, and I've got to finish at this date. Whether it's six months, two years, one year, whatever. This is an infinite path, brother, right? And the thing is, I've got these visions and that, and if I, I look, because I, I thought that before I open this, I've got to have everything finished. But it's not about that. It's about the journey, mate. It's about the journey. So it may change, you know, but at the moment, what's happening at the moment as people come through the door and when we have our circles where we where we finish the day and after the breathing sessions and we, when we're sharing this is a utopia brother right now you know and so this is one thing i'm grappling with is it, it's it's the where i'm on the infinite journey here and it's going to keep evolving it's going to keep evolving you never know we may have pigs mm. we may have cattle but i know one thing i'm getting two donkeys mate <laughs> <laughs> Okay, he always says that, mate. That's why they call the bloke the donkey, you know. But so, so the thing is, that's this is what I can see, mate. And this is what is happening. And that's what what I want to keep uh, keep nurturing. I want to nurture this space because true masculinity is about nurturing. That's what masculinity is about: nurturing people, mate. You know. It's an interesting way that you framed it. My mentor says to me that. Most people, where they almost always go wrong on the spiritual path is they bring in the same timelines and functional thinking that exists in their functional life. So spiritual life doesn't operate on timelines, right? And But what we do is we tend to bring that finite, as you put it, thinking and philosophy into our spiritual lives. And effectively, the work that you're currently doing is a work of the spirit, 
which is infinite, and you don't have necessarily the visibility yet on how that's going to unfold, but you're What's trusting the process. You're trusting the path, right? And that's, that takes courage, man. And, and we talked about that. My hat's off to you, man, on that one. And you talked about when we met, there was a session that you had with some people. Now, I want to know, I come up to Mark's place. What am I looking at? I park my car at the gate because is or I, I think you said we meet at a park. What are we doing? Yep. We meet it. We meet at a park, and then we we drive up together up to our property, and then and we 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 then park outside the gate, and then we walk in together. Because see what's going to happen on this session. It's a day at the moment. The sessions are. Uh, 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 from nine o'clock in the morning to, to 3.30 in the afternoon, we're going to focus on how we're breathing the whole day because then we're present, see? We breathe between 20 to 25,000 times a day. Unconscious breathing. So when we walk through the gate, we focus on the breath all day, what it's doing. And as we walk in silence, in nature, up until we get to our shed. We've got this big old shed I've built. There's no talking. There's just feeling. And I'll tell you, you, you can take a, a, a gum leaf, put it, scrunch it up, put it in your mouth, nose or your, in your mouth, or, sorry, in your hands and, and we just move nice and slowly through that, get down into the valley where our, where our, our shed is, and where the facility is. And then we do some movement. So we get in, we, we move our bodies all together as a group. Okay. Then we get into a, some breathing exercises. We go deep in the breath. We close the circle then after the breathing. We share what went through our bodies, whether it's emotional, physical, spiritual. And then we get in the ice bath, mate. Let's talk about the breathing there, Mark. And before we go on, because a lot of the audience is going to be interested in your techniques, the benefits. A lot of the audience are corporates, they're executives. Myself, I get stressed a million times throughout the day. What's the thinking and the actual mechanics behind the breathing and what's your philosophy there in regards to, I know you told me that most of us don't breathe properly. Can we unpack that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. So we really focus on the breath and, and um, what's important as uh, is when we are breathing that where we're breathing from, you know, and so I'll always focus and I, I love um, um, obviously with, with, uh, with, with the Wim Hof breathing technique. So we do, we, we, we work through that. Um, I am a former Wim Hof instructor former Wim Hof certified instructor. I was with one of the first group of Australian certified instructors to, to, to gain that qualification. I now are using that as, a, as just something that I've learned in life as a, as a tool. So, you know, we, we, we unpacked that. Um, it was because uh, Wim's, um, he's, uh, he was studying the, the Chumo breathing technique, the breath of fire. Okay. So, so we, we worked through that and I explained to people the benefits of uh, of, of what that can do to our body, okay, and what's happening. 
But what's really important now, and also with Patrick McEwen, um, I've been studying um, Patrick McEwen, the, uh, the oxygen advantage. So, you know, now I find it so important now that what we're doing is that, you know, we're, and that's what I try to get everyone to do is at least during the day is in through their nose and out through their mouth. Because what's really important is when we breathe through the nose, okay, we take in nitrous oxide through the nasal tissue. We don't get it through the mouth. So this is so important, breathing, the breathing through the nose, because inherently over time, we become mouth breathers. And what happens when we get stressed? If you just stop a minute and see what's happening with your breath, we're breathing shallow from the chest. Okay, and we're, a lot of time it's through the mouth. Okay, so that's one of the first things we look at is, as I said, with Patrick McEwen, he's all about in through the nose and out through the nose, which is, is what I'm, when I train and, and I, I focus on that. When we do this breath of fire technique, the Wim Hof method, it's in through the nose and out through the mouth. I tried your in through the nose and um, out through the nose when I was running and it was a cold day in Melbourne. Man, it's tough. It's not easy. It's not easy to it. But, but as I said, I'm, and I'm, I'm not, a, 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 I'm not um, an instructor yet with uh, Oxygen Advantage, but I intend to, but I'm still studying that process. And, I, and I'm doing it on myself. I take my mouth at night time. And it's the buildup of uh, uh, the carbon dioxide is our friend here. See, this is the thing. This is the thing. So when we're breathing, you know, we're not over-oxygenating our bodies when we lay down we do this breathing. It's not the over-oxygenation of of oxygen, it's the levels of carbon dioxide that are changing that makes it so profound. Because when we're breathing in, we're taking the oxygen, but what we are doing, we're expelling carbon dioxide. Okay? CO, CO2 is a vasodilator, which is an opener. So when we're doing the breathing, the, uh, the Tumo Wim Hof breathing, we are... We're taking it in through the nose and out through the mouth. So we're expelling the carbon dioxide, okay? And we're getting into a, a, a we, we, we access the, the, uh, the, the um, um, autonomic nervous system. We're accessing the, the sympathetic response when we're doing that. But then it, there comes a breath hold. And in the breath hold, that's when we, we access the parasympathetic, the rest of the digest state, and we're building up the, the carbon dioxide. So there, there's all this... Beautiful balancing of the, the physiology here. And the beauty about breathing the, the, um, the, the carbon dioxide, which is so important for athletes, and that's why I, I said to you, try this, you know, jogging, um, you know, and uh, breathing in through the nose and out through the nose. Your, your intensity for that session, you'll know you can't, it's a build-up there. You can't just go and run 10K and only breathe in through the nose and out through the nose. You've got to build this up, okay? But what it's doing, we're getting a bit a, Better, we're getting a higher tolerance over time with CO2. And CO2 is the key, mate, because what it allows, it allows the oxygen to attach to the CO2 molecule and go into the mitochondria, the energy of the cell. So APT production, ATP production, sorry, for, for athletes. And, and there's plenty of literature on this. You know, as I said, Patrick McEwen, the oxygen advantage. Um, I, through COVID, I was... Uh, I had some time on my hands. So I was, I, I got, I read that book by James Nestor, Breath. Beautiful, great book, mate. It's a great book. 
and it, he talks about all these breathing modalities and he does them all and um and i strongly recommend that so that got me on that path and starting to learn what was really happening when we breathe and why over time now what's happened we've become inherent mouth breathers so what i try to focus on all the time and i'll if someone's doing an exercise and we're doing something here i'd say okay if you can't I want you to breathe through. I want you to always inhale through the nose. And if you have to, exhale through the mouth. But I would like to start to focus on breathing in through the nose. And, it's, and, and, and when we do this breathing, like it's not a huge, it's just because that doesn't mean you get more oxygen in, mate. We want it. It's just a gentle. And as Patrick says, it's a gentle breath. Six in. Six out. And what it does straight away when we breathe through the nose also is we're getting nitrous oxide. We're also activating the diaphragm, which puts us into that sympathetic response, the rest and digest response. Yeah, as an athlete, it's super interesting because what you're saying is my lactic acid threshold may increase as a result of having um, this uh, better engagement with oxygen no right? no so yeah it is but what it is it's becoming more tolerant of the co2 levels mm. it's the co2 levels they're the okay and like and what they found in 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 the 50s and 60s before big pharma came in right what happened is that um they were treating patients with the anxiety and depression with uh, co2 mm. and room oxygen they mix them together and they'd give them a, a they'd give them a, a you know they put the mask on and there would be, there's all, and, and look, there's a build up effect because what happens, we get this, we have this reflex in our stomachs that, that, there's a, there's, that, that, that activates us to breathe, you know, and, and so what, that's what the CO2 does. But once it goes into the body, it opens everything up. So we've got asthmatics, for example, that are breathing and uh, they're, 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 they feel constriction ants because they're, <sighs> and it's a loss of carbon dioxide, mate. So it's such, mm. you know, we've always thought carbon dioxide. Is is not is a devil. It's mm. not mate. It's how yeah. it re, it's it's how it relates in in some form of yin and yang. With yes, oxygen, right. It, it, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, whether we and 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 with the the uh, when we do the uh, the breathing together, the, laying down on the floor here, um, we do it's over. We do over breathing. Now, I, I don't recommend over breathing every day. You know. We do this because this can get, as James, as what James Nestor said, when he did his uh, Wim Hof breathing technique, um, he found that what it did, it shifted the funk. Like he was in a funk. Like if you, if you want to get out of something, it, it does ignite something, but, but it does activate your adrenaline. And that's, you know, what they found is what's happening is that when we're doing this breathing technique, when we're ac accessing the sympathetic nervous system, what it's doing is downgrading it's downgrading the autoimmune system and it's the adrenaline that we're building at that particular time is, is shutting off that overactive autoimmune system, which has led to, you know, um, autoimmune diseases, mate. So it's so powerful, mate, you know, but we don't want to be doing that all the time. The most important thing I, I try to impart on people is when they leave is what's your breath doing? How is it going? And see, RJ, when we get in a, uh, an ice bath, this is when we, so we're all relaxed. We've done the breathing. We feel bloody great. We can do anything. We're, we're focused. We're relaxed. There's a calmness. 
which helps downgrade pain receptors to jump in the ice bath. But the thing is that once we're ready to get in the ice bath, we jump in straight away, we're bang. Our eyes are open like pineapples, mate. They're like pineapples, okay, right? We're in the sympathetic state. So we're fight or flighting right now. So then what we need to do is focus on the breath because we can pull it back. Because when the when the benefits of the ice bath happen, it's not, it's not getting in there like and, and fighting for five, ten minutes or whatever, you know, and, and it's, it's hell for the whole time. No. What we want to do, we want to access the parasympathetic state as soon as possible because that's where the benefits are. So the first minute and a half, you've got to work through it, mate. Right? And if you're in the head, you're dead. Your body knows what to do. This is such a beautiful machine, mate. And you don't need to be a superhero, mate. But we get out of the head. We get out of the head. We come into the heart space and we go deep into the soul. And that's what happens. It's, they're, in, they're in for three minutes, the first minute and a half. Once again, you're in that. And I, and I told myself, right, we're at a minute and a half. Then all of a sudden you see people and they start laughing and smiling. They drop their shoulders. You drop your shoulders down. So it's not like this. That's what it's like at the start. But I said, right, I want you to drop the shoulders down. And I want you to just feel the breath. Because, see, I'll tell you what, mate. The ice bath is a yardstick for life. Okay, life's an ice bath. If you learn how to breathe in this situation, okay, out and out, we you know, back at school. If you having, if you get having issues at, at school, you know, as a student, um, bullying or, or, or work prep, whatever it is at work, when you when you realise that you have the power within, because what we're here to do, and that's one of my utopias, we're bringing the power to the people, mate. Because we have this power inside. We have it. We have this. We just need to tap in. We need to believe. Right? We light the fire within, mate. And that's what it's about. Once you know how to stay three minutes in an ice bath and you know this other thing, you put that, it puts it in perspective. It's a level of sun. Mm. And when people jump in, I have these groups. We have mixed athletes. You know, we have women, um, predominantly at the moment, where we're having men and women coming up, which is great. And I, what I love is when I see, you know, a, um, a mother, for example, she jumps in, she owns a space, mate. She's in there, she's in, you know, and, and then we, if, and because what happens when, where, there's, um, um, where there's inflammation, the cold goes straight to the inflammation, it goes bang. It's such a healer. And if you've been overtraining, if you've been working, huh? and I find it when I get in, like I went in the other last week um, and I hadn't been in for a while and there was pain through my forearms. I've been working on the land here and stuff. Um, so I, I could feel it here, you know, and in, in, my, uh, and in my, my legs, you know, and you just got to sit with it because it's temporary. It's temporary, mate. And, we choose, yeah. and we're choosing to be here, mate. We're choosing this situation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go in on Sundays. I'm doing long runs. Um, I have a race in Mount Buffalo in Victoria in April, and I'm doing a lot of elevation training right now, and I'm going to take your advice. I'm going to fill up the bathtub. I'm going to be sitting in it. Joe DeSena, founder of Spartan, whenever he runs 100 milers, he has an ice bath at every 25 miles. No, oh, yeah. Right, because he reckons – breaking it up in quarters, he, he heals himself and he kind of enables him to run further. Right. So how, 
about the individual that's not an athlete, what would you recommend the rhythms look like and how often they do an ice bath and when? Oh, look, I think that if they can, and it's, it's about building a community. So, you know, once they have the tools, you know, they, can't, they learn the tools of, of, what, of how to breathe and, you know, um, I would recommend, you know, once a week, if you yeah. got something meet up and, uh, you know, uh, usually 10 bags of ice to a standard bathtub. 10 to 12 bags to get that because you want to be around three degrees. Um, um, I think that the, the, the research is saying under, under, um, under 10, I, I think the footballers do it, um, I think around 10 degrees and they just jump into it. Usually their ice bars are up to their waist, but we want to get all the organs in, mate. We're up to the neck, hands in, hands in on the thighs, up to the neck, you know, and, and the breathing, just fo the fo focus of the breath. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mark, I, I, man, I, I always enjoy, we've had, a, we've had multiple conversations. I think that you are so good, especially not only for everyone, but you're so relevant and you so are so pointed um, in terms of being able to focus on this whole male culture, uh, especially here in Australia, that's evolved over time and some of those negative qualities within the culture. And I think given your history, your no bullshit approach, you're, you know, you're, you're earthy, you respect the land, you respect nature, but you've done it all. You played sport, you worked in the trades, you worked with your hands, you've got the credibility. I think you're in a unique position to really change the landscape in what we call just toxic behavior, particularly with men, as, yep. as we talked about multiple times my hat's off to you for having the courage to do what you've done and, and, you know, your amazing wife supporting you in the process. Where can people find you, Mark, if they want to reach out to you, talk to you, come and visit you guys there in Victoria, how do they actually find you? Thanks. Uh, thanks, RJ. Well, well, thank you very much, mate, for that, uh, that kind, those kind words, mate. Look, I, look, as I said, I'm just on this, we're on the, I'm on this journey and let's see where it goes, mate. That's what it's about, you know, and, and if people want to connect with me, my Instagram is mark.tiger.clua. That is K-L-U-W-E-R. W is for Wally. K-L-U-W-E-R. Um, my um, That's my Instagram. I just want to make sure I don't fuck this up, mate. Okay? Yeah, all good, yep. Okay. My uh, email is ma uh, mark at markclua.com. Dot com. You'll put these up though, won't you? Yeah. <laughs> Marketmarkclua.com. And our other Instagram is elevated underscore springs. And that is, you can see what my beautiful wife Julie's creating uh, with the food we're and, and, and the food we're preparing and cooking. Um, and is there another point? Is there another one, Jewel? No, I think that's it. Oh, and, and the website, the website is markclua.com. Mm. Okay. Beautiful. I, I, and I'll tell you what, I, you know, as you can see, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, um, technology is one of my strong parts. <laughs> okay. But I, could, I can't guarantee that, that uh, when people come here 
And can I just say one thing? Um, and I think I spoke to you last time, RJ, about this, mate. <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago, one of the special moments I had a couple of weeks ago, we had a, a group here. And there was an 18-year-old girl, girl at the end. And, and we had this finishing circle. And, and, and I'd like to share what people got out of the day. And she sat in the chair and she said, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of myself because I've done stuff today that I would have never dreamt I would have been able to do. And, and, and we all got around. It was, it was so beautiful, mate. She's got the power. What would you pay? What's it worth to, for the potential for you to learn these things? Change your life, mate. You know, what? What's it worth, mate? And that was fucking, this was powerful, mate. When, when she said that, I had, we all, there were tears. It was just strong woman. And that's what life's about, mate. Strong men and women standing side by side. We are together. We are together as one. None of this one in front of the other. We are here. And that's what that's a culture. That's what we need to do, mate. Bring it on. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, that's right. Thank you so much, Mark. We'll end it there, man. Beautiful to have you on the show. Thanks, Julie, for connecting us and managing the technology for us. I'm as I'm as good with technology as you, as we all know, Mark. You and I <laughs> inside joke, brother. But we won't let the world know. But uh Anyways, man, all the best, man. Thank you. Take care, brother. Thanks, man. See you, Roger.